So it got worse. <laughs> yeah. My grocery store, which is also my pharmacy, which is why I was there today, uh, is now completely out of all forms of toilet paper instead of just having the generic brand. So <laughs> I guess I'm glad we got some of the generic brand while we still could. I mean, I guess I could probably go on a toilet paper hunt, but that seems really antithetical to the spirit of, of uh, quarantining. I don't know. Yeah, I luckily got a bidet in as the system collapsed. Uh, so did you did you hook it up? Is it is it the kind that you plug in that heats the water, or is it are you blasting your ass with cold water? Well, see the thing about that, if you've ever been in a water gun fight with like yeah. a really good ye old super soaker from back in the Hell day, yeah. you know that <laughs> uh, water that's been pressurized and shot through the air is no longer a laminar stream. It is droplets and the surface area to volume ratio changes such that it's basically air temperature by the time it gets to your face or ass. Asshole. <laughs> um, so being that it's I not know, winter, I, I haven't noticed that it's not heated, but... Yeah, hopefully this will be done by winter at least. It won't, but that's not that's not tonight's episode. Aww. Done enough? Oh, <laughs> Damn it. Um, uh, yeah. So... Um, we will pivot to positive stuff starting next week. Um, I've, <laughs> I've titled, will there be some? Well, no, but I've titled the document, What You Can Do Now That It's Too Late. <laughs> oh, okay. A nice cheery episode. Uh, but for now, I'll tell you who's not going to save us. Um, it, it's the tech sector. <laughs> Especially not Elon Musk. I thought his Twitter was taken away from him by the SEC, but apparently not. Yeah, that would have been nice. I mean, I guess... So... When he does something stupid, they get to fine him and collect a bunch of money. So it seems to be in their best interest to actually let him stay on Twitter just to, you know, run his mouth off <laughs> and uh, and get fined. It's it's like a, like a um, what do they call those things where the cop car is there on the side of the road to, to trap you for DUI. Not trap you, but like... Yeah, it's a speed trap. Road, roadblocks or whatever. Yeah, something like it's that. It's a trap. Like, I kind of object on principle to stopping random citizens and screening them. But, like, if it's on a notorious drinking holiday, like, eh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those questions where, like... Checkpoint? Is that what you were thinking of? Like, the one where you have to yeah. stop? Yeah. I've never actually been through one of those myself, but I understand why they exist. Because a lot of people are surprisingly casual about drinking and driving. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know... I don't know. This isn't really related. It is. It is. So so uh, apparently people have smart thermometers, which seems silly, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's like a, it's a thermometer that you Bluetooth, I guess, and you hook it up to your phone and your phone uh, tells all your data to the company that sold it to you and they in turn <laughs> sell it to probably Facebook and <laughs> everybody else. Uh, so interestingly, there are now these maps of places where people are recording higher temperatures. And uh, like your first thought when you say, oh, look at that. It, your first thought is, isn't that neat? Isn't it cool that we can do that? And your second thought should be, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that seems really inappropriate. Like even if they claim it's anonymized data, and I mean it is when they show the map to you, to like us, because, you know, you can't like zoom in or anything. Um mm -hmm. It's definitely not anonymous to Facebook. Yeah. And even then, anonymous data, um, aggregated data is still isn't anonymous. Only 
uh, statistics are there's that whole thing about uh, Strava revealing where U.S. Right. bases were internationally because there was a whole lot yeah, of nothing great. and then like some Strava activity over here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, hmm, who has smartwatches in the middle of the fucking desert in, in like Afghanistan or whatever? I don't know. Who could it be? <laughs> And they're running a specific perimeter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the kind of shit that tech companies will do. I mean, apparently they're also, it's really weird. Like, they're making massive donations of masks and stuff. And it's like, where are you getting them? So we have like uh, two and a half answers for that. Um, <laughs> Facebook is donating from their hoard, which they had for uh, I'm not going to dig into that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. Like Apple, like ha- uh, I can see, okay, Apple has manufactured some things in the United States. So perhaps it would be reasonable to suppose that they would have a stockpile for industrial purposes. And that's, I was like, okay, Apple, fine. And then Facebook, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Um, so the half is um, companies like uh, Salesforce are sort of implying that they will simply pay the gouged prices and, you know, aggregate and send them off to where they need to be instead of, you know, in douchebag storage units. Yeah. Which is like, yay, capitalism. Yeah. Although I like it better when the feds show up at the storage units and raid them. That's that's more heartwarming (laughs) to me. And in the case of Apple, it's sort of like, um, yeah, there's the prefix industrial, which is like, yeah, the masks you use for working with a lot of dry cement have some use in this case. And also, um, while shit was hitting the fan in China, Foxconn specifically started lines of um, the good mask, the N90 mm. something or whatever. And, N95. Yeah. And Foxconn is mm. practically synonymous with Apple, so... True. Yeah, and in addition to that, Apple has some uh, privileges with regards to getting things between China and the U.S. that mm, don't apply to literally anyone <laughs> else. Yeah. Like, uh, so uh, as stuff was hitting the fan in China, but not yet here, I discovered a treasure trove of uh, cheap Chinese-made instruments that are um, intermediate quality as far as like the quote unquote good manufacturers are concerned, but they are at uh, beginner slash entry level prices. So I'm talking about like hundred dollar instruments, but that are the quality of, you know, like just under a grand instruments. And they're also in weird keys because like they don't care. They're just making everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, one made it through and the rest have been like sitting between here, uh, between JFK and uh, Shenzhen because uh, you know, customs got sort of stopped. Um, but Apple doesn't really do customs because it's closed loop with them. It's from an assembly line straight to a plane that just has iPhones on it that is going <laughs> straight to either Anchorage or Louisville, depending on which half of the U.S. it's going to. Right. And it's just sort of like waved through because it's, you know, you have to inspect the new model of iPhone and then take a glance at the assembly line and be like, yeah, there are going to be entire planes of this doing this exact route. So it's fine. Yeah. 
One of those, but a million of them. Right. So pivoting that to masks, if they could actually come up with that quantity, um, is actually, a, you know, a decent way to get them <laughs> because of our dysfunctional government. There's no way that the government can even, like, purchase masks from China and get them here well, as certainly. efficiently as Apple. <laughs> I mean, first of all, if I were China... <laughs> I, I absolutely would not sell any masks to the federal government here because the the commander in chief of the federal well of the U.S. Armed Forces, uh, whatever the chief executive of the United States, has done nothing but try to uh, paint this as completely China's fault, and it's just yes, it started in China. But it spread for lots of reasons that are not specific to China or Chinese culture or certainly not Chinese people. Uh, and it's spreading in the United States because a lot of Americans are complete jackasses. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, if I'm China, I'm like, nah. But I already got a good relationship with Tim Cook and anything I can do to undermine that asshole in the White House by, you know... <laughs> having the head of a, a random well not random but ha the head of a tech company you know be more effective yeah i'm gonna do that although um even all the companies combined it's still like 10 million masks which is like right that's way not enough that's like a hospital for a year of normal load they're so they're <laughs> not really reusable although there's although like there were some reused. They are. People are washing and ironing them. Uh, you can apparently autoclave them, and that, you know, is okay, uh, although gross. <laughs> um, I mean, it'll kill everything on them, but I still find it yucky. Yes, we're in an anything is better than nothing scenario for masks. But you know what's not better than nothing? Uh, crappily made <laughs> ventilators. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a lot of people with random shitty 3D printers are thinking they're going to be printing uh, ventilator valves, I guess, which, <laughs> okay, so it's theoretically possible with certain materials, very specific materials, to adequately print uh, a ventilator uh, valve, but like... But it's not. Not at scale? And it's going to be really expensive, and home 3D printers fuck up all the time. It's not even a, well, it doesn't scale problem. It's that, like, so biochem is complicated, which is why it's its own thing. That's neither bio nor chem. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, so, if you take your, like, a soda bottle, you know, any soda bottle, uh, you know, bottled water, any, you know, thing that comes out of a Coke or Pepsi plant, it is not a 3D printed bottle. It is a specific polymer, uh, and it's not it's not liquefied and that it's like not melted and put in a mold and cooled. It's liquefied, semi-cooled in a pooled state, and then blown into the shape of the bottle where uh it air dries, and this is all in practically a clean room this and this is for soda <laughs> yeah uh now think about breathing <laughs> also even if so there are a, apparently a few kinds of 3d printer spool or whatever that are appropriate how will any given hospital know 
whether somebody actually went to the trouble of locating that material and buying only it and not having it be contaminated with any other kind of filament and whatever. Like, they can't. They're not going to fucking... But even if it is, it's still not good. Right. Uh, the reason that water bottles will hold water that's potable for years and years and years and years, as long as you don't expose them to UV and as long as they remain unopened, is because the way that they are blown into shape instead of being stacked layer by layer by a 3D printer is that as far as like on a molecular level, it's one molecule. It's the same polymer repeating and repeating and repeating, but connected only to itself with no impurities. And the result of <laughs> yeah, that, there are no mold spores in between the layers. Well, that's exactly it. There's no layers to it. It's one damn piece and all the surfaces on it, even, you know, the your modern like Gatorade bottle or whatever may have random divots and bumps in it. On the scale that uh, bacteria and fungi are concerned, it's an entirely convex surface. There's nothing to grip to on it. It's only a problem if like you start reusing these things because, you know, now you're applying abrasive force to it in the form even of, you know, just rushing water over and over again. Um, and you're, you know, applying tons of extra UV to it, which, you know, starts breaking that stuff down, which does start to introduce rough surfaces that stuff can start to cling to. And even then, it's like, that's still just a precaution. Like, you can, like, reuse, like, a plastic water bottle for, like, a while before it's, like, a real problem. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's why they're an environmental disaster because, like, <laughs> they don't break down at all. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Stuff that comes off of a 3D printer is, like, the quality of stuff that comes off of those sheets in a model kit where you break everything mm -hmm. apart. And there's always little nubbins and things you have to sand yeah. down if you really care about it. I just don't trust any random nerd <laughs> to be making my medical equipment. I just don't feel that, that they have the appropriate facilities to be doing that. Right. But just the, the 3D printer is not for that. Well, no, it's for <laughs> it's pretty much for prototyping. Right. Like you can't do it at all. Like you're not using the wrong polymer. Like you can't even safely make your own spatula out of the same material you know that a plastic spatula is made out of and safely uh cook eggs with it because again you're going to have something that the surface looks like the moon versus the thing that was actually made to do this which is effectively flat so yours you have to boil for 10 minutes between every single <laughs> use but the one that was just like hanging in the store is like ready to go after a quick rinse assumed that was because of heat resistant properties rather than but yeah I, I well the heat resistance is reason. why you are able to clean it <laughs> well right that's true and you know use it in a hot pan <laughs> right and put it in the damn dishwasher yeah it's you know on the one hand it's nice that so many nerds want to help uh but on the other hand no hospital wants just like a bucket of 3d printed shit to deal with like it, they're gonna throw it away I, I also, like, I find it curious, all the people who are, like, sewing fabric masks, like, they're going to save the world that way. Again, very touching, very nice that they want to help. But, like, I really wonder about 
the utility of fabric masks sewn by random people. Yeah, so um, <laughs> keeping in mind that masks are... So the reason the thing that is said is that you don't need a mask if you are well is uh, most of that is a, like, you don't know how to use a mask thing because you're going to be, like, touching your eyes, which are also a mucous <laughs> membrane so right. that the virus enters You're going to scratch your ear or whatever. Yeah. and But the other thing, of course, is that, you know, masks are mainly so that the staff don't get you sick uh, with, like, stuff they may have picked up from other patients. <laughs> so, yeah, not having, like, the... The good mask means that if you cough with just a random piece of fabric over your face, technically you can still spew coronavirus. But I mean, you won't be spewing other stuff that's still infective and the quantity will be less. Yeah, so you'll it, spew it a nothing. little less. It's not, they're not super. Fitted though, um, most of them don't even have the little metal bit that lets you mold it around your nose, which seems pretty useful. Um, I don't know. Right. It's it's just sort of a like the staff who are wearing literally nothing, which you know is a thing. Um, and the difference between this and your three D printed uh, ventilator part is that these are being used on uh, people who are hopefully still not sick. <laughs> so. Damn uh, House, Grey's Anatomy, all those things for making ventilators, uh, heart-lung bypass machines, uh, iron lungs, all of that seem like uh, the thing the patient is on before they flatline. But I assure you these things exist because people do come <laughs> off of using them and then go back to being alive while not connected to it. Yeah, like I was on a ventilator while I was having surgery to remove my appendix, for example. Man, I'm glad that happened several months yeah. ago and not right now. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because I just had a sleep study done and I got the results back and I have no idea if I'm going to be able to do anything about the results, which do so show uh, some sleep apnea. Actually, I need to call my doctor. But man, it would have sucked if I needed uh, yeah. <laughs> surgery, uh, relatively emergent surgery <laughs> now. Uh, right. Um so when you have a ventilator stuffed in you, um, you kind of don't want additional pathogens added to you. Yeah, no, not really. And uh, as we discussed in our We Never Technically Did a Vaping episode, uh, <laughs> it's not just um, fungi, which, by the way, also a lethal form of pneumonia, um, and uh, bacteria that can cause problems, but the stuff, the vape pen is made out of itself can just sort of chaotically a molecule will flake off of it and can give you lipid pneumonia uh, or lung cancer. Nice. So you kind of don't want random bits of your crappy plastic spool breaking off again at a molecular level because it's not made for this, even if it is the quote unquote same material. Um, because random things that touch already sick molecules of lungs <laughs> uh, can do like really random and bad shit. And in the case of this particular disease, 
when you're in the needs ventilator stage of it, there are two ways where you go from there to death. And one of them is uh, a cytokine storm where basically uh, your immune system, it just gives up, but in the way that the predator gives up at the end of that movie. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> uh, and decides, you know, uh, fuck it, nuke it all. And basically you have a full body autoimmune response and there's, there's just nothing that can be done at that point. And eventually an organ failure that uh, is uh, sufficiently lethal will occur. And you don't want to add anything to the equation <laughs> to give your immune system any reason to freak out like that. Yeah. So whether it's, you know, one harmless piece of, uh, you know, like, penicillin that's a perfectly harmless bull just anything at all that goes into your lungs which are losing this battle you don't want your immune system to think it has anything else to worry about <laughs> yeah this is kind of why people with existing autoimmune disease hi i'm one of them are at <laughs> increased risk our immune systems are already real twitchy yeah and um, everyone wants to know why uh, diabetes is like in the list of things. It's because it's an autoimmune disease at the bottom of it. But, yep. you know, so are a lot of things like arthritis, uh, a bunch of uh, skin conditions, like <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff that goes long, wrong. And for reasons we don't know because uh, <laughs> of what I'm about to say next, uh, disproportionately <laughs> affects women. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. And it's funny, like in China... Uh, a lot more men were severely affected than women. However, uh, something like 50% of Chinese men are smokers. And I think it was like 3% or something of women are smokers. <laughs> smoking also uh, a risk factor. So, you know, if you've been smoking, now's a good time to stop that. Yeah, because you effectively have asthma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the time. Uh, or chronic bronchitis, yeah. a common smoking phenomenon. And once, you know, once you've got some lung inflammation or bronchial tube inflammation, which is, you know, adjacent. <laughs> right. <laughs> your lungs are unfortunately like your brain in the sense that it's not really good at being repaired by the body. The primary response is to sort of just scar and then clean the scar away and you just have reduced capacity for the rest of ever. The brain sometimes can work around that, you know, because there's a lot of brain. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, your lungs, like, that's it. Right. You've got two, but not because one is a spare. Right. So, you know, if you hit the bad stages of this, like, surviving is still with stuff that could last forever. Yeah, it's basically a huge bummer that you can't cure with anti-malarials despite what yeah. the president of the United States might tell you. Did you see the story about a couple, uh, I think the, the husband died and the wife is in critical condition because after listening to the president say that uh, something along the lines of quinine, uh, chloroquine would cure this disease, uh, they took some aquarium cleaner, which uh, uh. was like, it had a phosphate in it, which your body doesn't like. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was real bad. I mean, it's not, 
the best idea to be consuming random aquarium supplies? I realize that uh, it used to be a big thing to buy fish antibiotics yeah. on Amazon because this country is terrible. Uh, but even that was like kind of dicey. I mean, if you're going to die of an infected tooth, like, I guess aquarium antibiotics are a good alternative to that death. But uh, aquarium cleaner is a little, it's just one step dicier. Yeah, you know, that's caustic, that's bleach, that's, you know, stuff that kills <laughs> everything, not just germs. Yeah, I mean, it probably will kill the virus, but it'll also kill you dead, too. Spider poison is people poison. <laughs> right. It's kind of like how chemotherapy kills the cancer, but it, but the, the main thing is that they need it. The, the main struggle in treating cancer is to kill the person less yeah. than the cancer and it's a real fine balance at times right which is why like antivirals are not the way we go about these things we make vaccines and then have stuff to keep you alive so that your immune <laughs> system can do its thing because your immune system uh is is good at this stuff <laughs> yeah we basically have like blowtorches <laughs> and uh I mean, I guess they're they're trying to develop very targeted therapies for cancer, but we're not there yet for cancer, and we're certainly not there yet for a novel coronavirus. So it really, we really want a vaccine. Like, like now they have a pre-exposure prophylactic medication for HIV, and that has been truly a fantastic innovation. I mean, the antiretrovirals, they had to treat AIDS. We're keeping a lot of people alive um, with reasonable quality of life, but it's way better to just help people not get infected in the first place. Yep. A vaccine would be even better because you can pretty much, you know, get three shots or whatever, or two or sometimes even one, and then you're protected. Uh, with, with PrEP, you have to, you know, you have to take it every time, but, you know, it's still better than getting HIV. Right. And, you know, for something that is almost impossible to make a vaccine for, you know, that's that's huge. Um, but speaking of which, um, and we'll end on this because it is worth its own topic, but just to sort of uh, preview things to come, um, a vaccine is the only hope we have uh, unless, like, uh, OG SARS, this mutates itself into uh, a non-viable state. Hopefully not by just killing everybody instantly who gets it. Yeah. Uh, those will take like a year to 18 months. Like if we started clinical trials on the one that turns out to be the one that's going to be the one we use <laughs> like now. And that yeah. 12 to 18 months is also like how long these things take when things are running smoothly. <laughs> Which things are not. Yep. So settle in. There's going to be a couple of these um, because not much is going to happen until people finally start to settle into the fact that we need to settle in. 